0: Take one, Revix feel. podcast, I don't know these podcast names. Anyway, hello everyone, this is Sean and Louis, we're here today hello. to talk about the interesting world of losing money, with, <laughs> when you should be making money when you are investing, right? Just basically investing these days. Yeah, so today we want to delve into the topic of what investing is meant to be about, and it, in its crux, investing is meant to be able to make you money over the long term. you mean to be mm-hmm. able to put money away and in a couple of years time in a few decades time you're able to come back and there's meant to be more money in the pot and significantly more money than you put down but for some reason what's well, ov- the premise yeah. yeah for the last few years and maybe this is just us short-term millennials kind of getting yeah, yeah. obsessed with investing and whatnot <laughs> but investing's become a lot more about wealth preservation than wealth growth it's a case of can i just match inflation or you know is my investment in absolute terms not going down and I guess part of our premise is why are you settling for that? So, Louie, yeah. what do you think about like
1: why settle? I think it's an interesting concept. I think we've touched on it a couple of times, and as with a lot of other things, we kind of it dawns upon us halfway through like this business. But I think the point is clear. I think currently in the investment space in South Africa, there are a certain set number of things that are common to invest in. So I would say your average asset classes, and they have not been yielding. I think, well, internationally even, have not been yielding as well as they should have based on just economic conditions. Mm. And a lot of the time, you'll try and just beat inflation. You're just trying to not lose money. You're just trying to diversify to not lose. And that's one thing that we found very interesting with crypto, which essentially as an asset class, is an asset class basically which has the potential to generate an actual return for you, like actually increase your wealth. Whereas most other investment types these days are basically just, at best like making you like stagnant sure
0: i think it's quite interesting if you take a step back and you look at how the stock markets and how economies are kind of created and you look at their constituents really because if you look at the south african stock market during the commodities boom of the 90s and even the late 80s and Mm -hmm. uh, i suppose the kind of wealth that was generated post that period South Africa was in a really good position because it had a whole bunch of companies that were dealing in mining and yeah. industrials and all the rest. Um, global trade was opening up, China was opening up and it was a good time mm. for South Africa. Good markets. However, so. now an industrialized economy. So if you're looking at the JSE as an example, take Naspers or process <laughs> Naspers out of that, you're looking at a pretty industrial slash mining focused um, uh, stock exchange. Mm which means that the majority of these companies are growing according to that sector, which is kind of representative then of the entire country as well. And if you look at the U.S. as an example, the U.S. has, I might be entirely wrong with the figure, but it's about 40% of the stock market is in the tech sector or the yeah, biotech sector. Yeah. And yeah. if you start looking at that, and you look at where the world's going, where growth is going, you know, it, it make sense now that the U.S. is starting to grow a lot faster than the likes of Europe and South Africa.
1: Yeah. I think it comes down to, like, and I don't think many people really think about that, they think about stocks as stocks. Mm. And in different countries, they don't really look at the composition like you've just mentioned. I mean, thinking about this, the second biggest, I would say, area on our stock market is actually financial services, mm. right? And in an economy that's not growing, yeah. how much more financial services can you sell to people that are not making more money Completely. or to companies that are not doing better? Mm so what is the plan actually from a south african stock market perspective to start correcting these yields as opposed to like just devaluing our currency for
0: any type of export service well i think if you look at just the south african stock market and you're looking solely at the financial services side of things you've got the sweet spot for south africans because the economy is moving along just fast enough that people are able to on average repay the majority of their loans and the and the loan delinquency rates out there aren't too ridiculous and there's a high enough interest rate that banks are able still able to make a decent amount of money so the likes of standard bank rmb or Mm. first rand and they've grown in market share relative to other players over time however if you look at the banking sector in the us or in europe that's shrinking at an incredible speed. I mean, if you're looking at profit forecasts, at revenue forecasts, they're having to find other ways to make money. A lot of them are are turning to FinTech, right? And turning to these high growth opportunities. Um, I think if you're looking at the RAND in particular, and kind of circling Mm. back to what you mentioned there, if you're looking at the RAND and its forecasts and its opportunity of growth in the future, that's Mm. directly tied to the underlying economy. Because at the end of the day, what is fiat currency? It's trust that there will be value, or you can exchange this Instrument or this asset with another individual for a set amount of value mm. And if there isn't trust in the economy that's backing a currency That's when you see the likes of Argentina, Venezuela, Zimbabwe really start to spiral out of control
1: Yeah, it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah, it gets worse and worse and worse. Yeah And I think this is something that I think we we at Revix don't speak enough about which is that There is a lot of complacency in investing when we come across people and we explain to them the logic behind why you should have crypto in your portfolio There's a lot of, yeah, but it's a bit risky and it's like, Mm. like, I don't want to get out of my comfort zone and think about it, right? But let's be real about what your comfort zone is in South Africa. If you're invested where most people actually are, like they're sitting in a bank account, that's the majority. Like you're earning almost no interest. If you're smart about it and you think you're smart about it, you're maybe putting it in some sort of savings account with your bank, which is like giving you 5% at the volume that you're looking at which is like largely not even beating inflation, right? Mm. Then if you think you're smarter than that, you probably have an RA that you're setting up, which I guess saves you money, but it's not a proactive move to Mm -hmm. build wealth. You're not doing anything with it. Then you may think like, okay, cool. I play around on easy equities. But at the end of the day, it's basically like a shop in the dark. You're taking a bet that the company you're putting it into is going to beat inflation.
0: Well, it's African-focused we, company. Well, in it's so yeah, propagating that whole story. Okay.
1: So then you look at like, okay, cool. Our market is shrinking globally. Our currency is devaluing globally. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, the, the easiest point I would say is if you look at like Alan Gray and those guys, the regulation that they're, and a lot of people won't like know much about this, but the regulation that they're governed by as to where they can put customer money, there is a certain portion of that that they can put internationally and it is maxed out like every single year like they all everything they could put internationally they put internationally mm-hmm. because it gives you that good that great hedge against Iran. it gives you this access so where we see crypto we actually see crypto as something that can return mm-hmm. right which almost nothing else that you can do other than starting your own business can return anywhere near that kind yep. of money one. And two, it's Rand hedged, right? So if, if you're saying that it is too risky to get into crypto, you should actually take a second and think it's actually maybe too risky not to
0: get into crypto, but just like wake up. Mm. Like, well, I think it's crypto is a hard asset class to get into if you worried about short-term price movements. Yep. I mean, again, if you're looking at longer-term trends, it's very hard to make a case of why not to get into crypto. And sure, people can come around and say like, listen, there's no intrinsic value And then you can turn around and be like, well, there's no intrinsic value to currencies and that's why you use relative valuation models. What a relative relative valuation (laughs) model does is it essentially looks at one currency versus another Mm. and says, well, the interest rates in, or the inflation rates or whatever it may be in one currency or country is different to another one. And that's how you can adjust over time. But there's no single source of truth saying that that's how we're actually valuing that currency. And i think that is maybe a similar model that people can start applying to cryptocurrency and maybe start looking at the remittance market and say well look relatively speaking it is the size and it is taking up this portion of the current remittance market so there Mm -hmm. is a kind of an intrinsic value that exists there. there is
1: if you look at if you i saw a good comparison a while ago and this is why people come with all these different valuations of bitcoin but if bitcoin is is a store of value that is a a modern store of value even if like like gold a good competitor to gold that is i would say technologically more advanced let's say and Mm -hmm. more secure and like doesn't require a whole bunch of actual mining i know everyone's going to say but it takes electricity and like i think we'll do another podcast on why that doesn't necessarily have to be the future yeah then essentially the market cap that gold could i mean bitcoin could reach should theoretically be somewhere near to what gold is which is in the trillions of dollars Mm -hmm. where right now it's nowhere near there and even if it does five percent of that or ten percent of that you know, it, like you, you're actually looking at a massive price increase. And the thing is, right? It is actually, it is actually just astounding to me sometimes when we speak to people about, like, I would rather put it, you know, like oh, it's, it's just too, it's too risky, or it's it's too short term, or you know, oh God, it's not it's not X Y Z. Whereas if you actually test their understanding of what is happening to their money in a bank account. What is the bank doing with that money while it sits there? What, what else are you invested in? Mm. Almost nothing. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how people are very sure about certain things when they wouldn't put a spreadsheet together to figure out what is the best investment strategy for them for the next six months. Mm. They would rather let the brand of some bank decide, oh, well, they must know what they're doing. Of course they know what they're doing, but look at how big the building is. How much money are they making off you? Yeah, like, they know exactly what they're doing. They just don't, they're not
0: incentivized to pass that on to you. Yeah, my best is that I'm not gonna get involved in crypto because I don't understand it. <laughs> and then I'm like, but you're invested in banks and you're invested in ShopRite, Woolies, Steinhoff, like all these interesting- Steinhoff's a great example. <laughs> but I mean, it's just, all these businesses are so incredibly complicated. And just because you understand one process, I can go send crypto from one person to another person You've just understood what crypto is about, right? That's as deep as it goes. Well, that's the payment side, I suppose, Ah, of crypto. But yeah, go play with the dApp, go buy a crypto kitty, go do something like that, and all of a sudden you understand how it works. It's just the same as you're going to Woolworths and buying an item. A lot of people don't realize that a lot of companies have multiple different shares,
1: like classes, listed Mm. on on a stock exchange. And -hmm. certain of those shares have certain rights and others don't, and they Mm -hmm. trade at different values. So when you're like, I'm going to go buy Google, like, there's like, eight, there's, like, three publicly yeah. listed. There's, like, a whole bunch of others. Even Facebook. Most of the voting rights of Facebook vest with, like, Mark Zuckerberg. Mm-hmm. He can, like, basically decide what that entire company does. And everyone thinks, like, I'm owning part of this company. Like, you don't really. You own, like, a percentage chance of making money if they make money. Yes. But at the end of the day, all of these opportunities, you need to almost be... You almost need to be humble and say, I don't. I'm not going to do the research. I, I'm not 10 years... A financial analyst i don't understand all the way to the bottom of all of these different things and actually just take a more m- metered approach and say look this is what the numbers have shown on crypto and crypto is as an asset class the best 10 year performing the best three year performing the best year today it's almost the best performing year every single year for the last like I would, I don't know, it's when you know the stats better. Mm -hmm. But even if you just look at that from a two or three or 4% of your investment perspective, don't expect it to go up like twice in one day and then withdraw it. Mm -hmm. That's like unrealistic expectations. It's like junk food of investing. Like sit down, make a smart decision and plan with a two, three year horizon. And that is literally, the numbers will speak for themselves if you go and do a comparison backwards. And if you do a comparison forwards and take the second, in three years time, you know, like maybe you lose 2%, but maybe that 2% is worth 200%. Who
0: knows? Yeah. Well, let's play a little game, right? Yeah. So people are generally really bad about predicting anything. Mm. especially predicting the future. So in two years time, where do you see the global market? Where do you see the best investment opportunities? Obviously, you would need to make that investment opportunity now, and you're now realizing that investment two years later. Where would you be putting your money? Right We're going to put it right now.
1: Looking back from two years from now.
0: Well, you'd be standing here right now, but looking forward two years. So in two years time, you're going to look back at present day Louis. This Louis. This, this one. Yeah, that yeah, one right there. One. And you're going to be saying, well, yeah, buddy, that was a stupid or great decision. <sighs> what I would do right now is. I'm going to shop it to the market, just invest in crypto. <laughs> I'll
1: take all of my wealth. Now I'd put it in, look, we're, we're a bad case, right? Because we're obviously bullish enough on this industry to put not only, like, capital mm-hmm. in, but basically, like, what we do. Mm-hmm. Like, so we're very, very, very bullish on the crypto market in general. And, and it's kind of, I would say, positioned in a, in a portfolio. Obviously, I'm invested in crypto to, I would say, probably at the moment, 20% of my of my net worth is in crypto um, i say that like i'm keeping the actual numbers out but like <laughs> nobody really knows what that means um we'll get over to
0: Clive, your financial so 20
1: 20 20 um i know there's a case for gold just because of how unstable the current financial system is and i really do think that bitcoin by the time if we do have another crisis regardless of how far along it is will have massive positive trends um, just because it is a, a alternative to gold. It will get so much shine off gold. And when people actually start comparing Bitcoin to gold, they don't actually realize that it doesn't do anything bad for Bitcoin. The fact that you're putting Bitcoin against gold means that it is close enough to make a comparison. So all these investment banks saying like, oh, we would never use Bitcoin versus gold. It's slightly worse on this and this, and it's bad for the environment. Those are not things that are, are, are static. They'll change over the next two, three years. So in my opinion, I would have quite a, decent exposure to Bitcoin and the rest of it will be I guess diversified across look I, I, honestly I wouldn't invest in any instrument locally for growth I would literally try and keep it liquid or put it into something that could grow and that's just maybe the I'm very risk averse in that kind of sense
0: I don't know about you so I would be a little bit more complicated because yes I'm just course, more complicated. because you right? are
1: the <laughs> you are the finance side if yours was as boring as
0: mine then we would have a problem with it So firstly, and this is not an easy thing to do, I actually wouldn't know how to go out and do this from a retail investor side of things. I mean, there's definitely ways, Um, but I would go and short the RAND and I would short the US dollar, both to quite a significant degree because their relative valuations, well, the RAND certainly to me, I just see that the RAND, it is definitely on a relative valuation based on historic precedent is undervalued. However, based on economic fundamentals and looking at other emerging market peers, mm. very overvalued. So I think that So basically what
1: you're saying in English is that the RAND is like heavily overvalued and you
0: think it's going to perform very poorly. I think that there is a very big opportunity that you've seen it in Russia, you've seen it in Brazil, you've seen it in Turkey, you've seen it in Argentina, you've seen it in a lot of emerging markets where there's a one or two year major scare and the currency loses between twenty-five and seventy-five percent of its value because there's just a flight of capital and there's just a lot of tension in the country. And I think South Africa has to go through that unless South Africa goes about um, changing things from a um, socioeconomic standpoint and changes a lot. It makes hard decisions, which I just don't think South Africa is going to do. I see there's oh, very really, high probability of Really, really drastic decisions as well. Yeah. And part of that trade would be having a short position on the US dollar. I just think there's way too much debt. And the dollar's strength over the last five to seven years is just insane. Look at that versus the pound versus the euro. It's definitely made a better economy, but by that amount, I don't think so. So, those two I'd be very short. And then I would buy our platform bundle, and I would obviously own a diversified set of these platform focused cryptocurrencies. Because let's say, as an example, Libra is out there. Let's say, as an example, um, the People's Bank of China releases the digital one, and you've got these digital currencies that are vying for their top spot and now all of a sudden securities start getting issued on blockchains so stocks and bonds and property yeah. rights get put on blockchains and all the rest the governments need to use infrastructure just like the same as there was initially the government yep. never used to own the random roads they were leading everywhere the government stepped in to kind of help build these roads and improve them and mm-hmm. do all the rest. And I think there's the likes of Ethereum, Ethereum Classic, Neo, Cardano, which have a very interesting opportunity to play in the space. So that, mm. I don't think they'll all be successful, but I certainly think there'll be one or two standout winners. Mm. I like that strategy. I think, I think you're spot on in the sense that
1: regardless of, regardless of which one it is, there will always be increasing numbers of blockchain listed assets that will need to be traded in more and more complicated ways in which case that is more than enough to make a bet on that mm-hmm. i think yeah i think that's i mean look i think just to wrap it back around to like why we're having this conversation is like investing is not actually that complicated because a lot of people kind of forget that they need like they believe that intrinsic value is actually more everyone else believing than they'm understanding which i guess is is a tricky thing but people investing in the south african stock market just because the company in there seems like it makes sense. You don't realize, like we mentioned, you don't realize that the entire stock market is doing poorly, and we don't have any answer really to solve that over the next five to 10 years. So why would you do it if you can understand that? Mm. Now look at a growing trend like crypto, any of these different things, that has international applicability of what it could be doing, and it actually makes logical sense that this thing could. I mean, there's so many things you could um and ah either way, but you're looking at an opportunity To not only stabilize your wealth internationally, which you have to really look at in a world that's getting bigger and bigger, like that overseas holiday, never gets any cheaper, no matter how much money you make, because you're becoming poorer by 6% every single year, Mm -hmm. roughly. Um, You need to take drastic steps and actually just take a look at it. And people say, like, I can't afford to invest in crypto because it's too risky. Like, I think it's becoming more you can't not afford.
0: Yeah, 100% this idea of wealth preservation over wealth growth is an issue why people can't retire. And mm. again, I mean, we're not 100%, we're right. certainly not saying that people should go bet their entire portfolio on cryptocurrencies or you know, drone technology or something along those lines, but people need to have a very well diversified portfolio, mm. which means that you own some South African stocks, that you own some international stocks. And that means that when South African stocks, as they've done over the last decade, have kind of pulled back and not done as well, mm. that maybe your investment in crypto has done exceptionally well, or maybe your investment in the US stock market has done really well. Yesterday, yeah. the US stock market hit a new all-time high, really? the S&P 500. There you go. And I mean, this is at a time where you've got more debt than you've ever had before, you've got the trade war that's going yeah. on. It's yeah. quite an interesting period. So yeah.
1: I'd like to just touch on one thing. I don't know if we want to carry on on this, but like the the point of not being able to retire, right? Actually, you're so right about it. Anyone who is a hundred percent invested in any local, hundred percent invested locally, in any type of cash or retirement or anything like that, the fact of the matter is, is by the time and everyone who I guess is near to retirement age will tell the story of saying, when I was like this old, like I could buy X worth with this small amount. Like everyone's heard it, right? And you can see that nowadays it costs you like literally almost like fifteen to twenty rand to get a coke. It like all of those different things. So the money you're putting in now and the interest you're making and the fees you're paying off that money is really killing out your like interest, right? But the thing is that makes so much sense. Is because by the time you, you've now gone and spent most of your time trying to put away money, you've gone through your like... You've had kids, you've put them through good school, you've, you've kept on working for quite a few years after that. 10 years later than that, you're probably still working. Your applicability in the job market starts declining quite rapidly. You, if this whole thing of people saying you should now be ready for retirement, when people are living on average 10 to 15 years longer, right? There is a long retirement you're going to be in, right? So how are you actually planning for that when all of these financial instruments you've been putting money in for the last 30 years were planned on you retiring when everything was stable, right? With like 10 years to live after that. Mm-hmm. right it's not going to make sense i mean i Lama had an ad which said like people are going to live to 100 now like what are you
0: going to do with the other 25 after your yeah. retirement runs out i mean I, I can't actually not say what i want to say okay go for it the idea of retirement is now it's so antiquated back when you Ooh, had no, yeah, labor market yeah. and you had all of this then the idea of like oh, i need to get old and therefore i can't carry the wheelbarrow or like chip at the wall or do whatever the hell you do that would make sense. Yeah. But today you're like, I am sixty-one. Like, regardless of your actual yeah. health, you're like, I'm out. Or like, sixty-five. Yeah. I don't know what they're. There There's is,
1: n- I can no longer sit at this desk and do a spreadsheet. Exactly. There is no possible yeah, way like, that I could.
0: My experience r- is no longer applicable <laughs> to this new world, and you're sitting there. it's like, true. Sometimes, like, you you should be able to repurpose and rechange, but it just needs to change the way you're investing as well. But I think on that as well, like retirement, you have this opportunity, right? If you are investing yeah. in higher growth assets, and you've got a mindset again, this is very person or very biased but if you've got a mindset that you'll be happy to work longer in life because you're going to live longer and therefore you don't want to have the risk of retiring early and then being like a street little beggar like hitting his little can and doing all the rest I mean that's extreme
1: that was very extreme these are views of Sean and not of (laughs) Eric
0: if you're okay with that and you can take higher risk investments and assume a slightly higher level of investment risk over the long term you could potentially retire earlier that's the irony that exists there, right because your investment capital can actually grow and you're able to have enough capital then to retire early but unless yeah. you take that risk and take the idea that well maybe i'll work a little longer maybe i'll like you know it depends on how the market's are general there is
1: it's like a hundred percent like take a step back and look at how long this game is mm-hmm. right you, you're not. It's like I remember at university. Uh, I used to have friends who would like get like maybe have a thousand rand to like spend on like partying in a month or something like that, and would save five hundred of it. Okay, so it would save five hundred of it every single month, being like, this is the responsible thing to do, which I can get. Like I totally get you. You mean save as in like put it in I a no, bag? But like put it in. Yeah, put it in like. A savings account in the bank. You mean lose? So you lose, mean lose actually, yeah. you mean you mean lose one percent a year? Yeah, exactly. More well, actually, seven <laughs> percent if inflation. Yeah. So basically, so basically, save this so that, like, after like they finish university and they're studying things like being engineers and they're studying the smart things, right? Like, and computer scientists, whatever, that they would have six thousand rand or like twelve thousand rand extra in this bank account, right? Mm-hmm. And like, don't get me wrong. Like, I don't mean to like poo poo twelve thousand rand, <coughs> but versus the value you could have at that time of going out and having a good university experience or perhaps investing in something higher risk and ending without six thousand most of these people would start their first job and save six thousand rand in a month or you know not go on one holiday and and recuperate that at Mm. the end of the day there are so many ways you can cut cost later but you can't build capital early unless you take a shot at it Mm -hmm. unless you play a bit of a risk at it right so and that's just the thing it's the irony of a lot of people who get to 55 are like well there's no way there's no zip there's no more zip left i have no i have no more way to to increase my my wealth bracket before i retire and there's no way for me to drop this reskill and start a new job in time because that takes time there's no way to do that because i have no coverage i've been planning to like sit here and do nothing for however long right mm. and then what if your kid like doesn't like you know stays with you for way too long and like, all of that like that stuff like really messes you me up so you don't re you can't really afford to have the same flat, I would say stagnant stale investment strategy of the last 20 years, especially not in
0: South Africa. And I know in there's a lot of countries internationally, in right? yeah, yeah. the new world there's new trends, new investment opportunities. I think you made a very good point there, which is, and this is brought up in so many business books. Rich dad, da- uh, rich dad, poor dad, being probably the rich main dad, business bad book. dad, rich dad, bad dad. Yeah, <laughs> it's that time of the day. Um, Anyway, they talk about watching your costs versus growing your revenue. And growing your, or growing your revenue is infinite. Watching your costs, or theoretically infinite, watching your costs naturally is constrained to whatever your costs are. And like, there's only so much you can really yeah. do. And if you take that same approach to investing, you know, saving a little bit when you're making an investment year over year. Yeah, I know it's really nice from a story and narrative perspective to be like, okay, right. Well, you've had this much more in retirement and all this other jazz that goes along with all these pension providers and what they do. But unless you're making money, it is completely irrelevant. So I think, and it's an important point that we try hammer home with, I think what we're offering, which is high growth opportunities, which don't need to make up your entire portfolio. And I think,
1: you know, also, and also if 2% of your portfolio goes away, right basically what's happening almost every single year because you're actually on a global scale not beating inflation and most of the time especially if you've got some of your money sitting in a bank account you are you're actually becoming poorer Mm. by investing yeah so it's actually just it just baffles us and like one of the things that we'd really like if anyone has any like massive advice for us how do we drive this home to people because it's really not about crypto at the end of the day and it's really not about the 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 real nitty-gritty of staking and all those different things every single industry has those things ra's have their own thing you know unit trusts they have their own thing collective investments all of these different things have a lot of nitty-gritty in there when people are really okay to accept the investment at face value without understanding that why is crypto so different the only difference crypto has is it's got more volatility a lot of other things have a lot more volatility if you invest in currencies they have more volatility than if you invest in and yeah. i don't
0: understand what blockchain is and then yeah, like, I mean, oh my gosh yeah so anyway, yeah. we've obviously broken away with i think a lot of those fallacies <laughs> and that uh,
1: well that's what we're working towards here is why is crypto why is crypto such a a downer for people when you're just looking at the investment proposition
0: why? the opportunity yeah. why yep so i think that was a very insightful chat I feel like I learned yeah. a little bit. I'm sure you learned a little bit. Hopefully, you Indeed. guys all learned a little bit. A lot. Well, yeah. We should hope so. Yeah. And, um, yeah, really, that's it from our side. So, yeah, guys, thank you for tuning in. If you have any questions, pop blue myself, a message. You can also send us an email at support@revix.com. And yeah. that, is this. that is it.
1: Join yeah, us. I think so.
0: Adios. Goodbye. Cheers.